Welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And today we have an all-star lineup. First, Tim from Pop Addled. I feel like we and should have walkout music. <laughs> yes. well, we I'm sorry, guys. Music. We didn't and, plan this well. And, and, and next, most importantly, his professional debut on Commagers, Mike from Doom Thugs. Hello. Thank you so much for Mike, that me. that's the exact music we used to use when we did game, game of the, of the week. week. I know. I was really? confused yeah. for a minute. I was like, wait, I heard that sound. Has he really done sound. his homework? No. This is I amazing. Heard that clip. We now we just got in a long time. That was impressive. That music so much. Means you were meant to be here. Yeah. Uh, we are very excited to have guests today as we discuss Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins. In Ron Sheldon's baseball classic, Bull Durham. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of the episode. What is everybody drinking in this episode? And it should be low class, if anything, because that's all mm. the people in the film drink. There is no I was, high end anything. I was thinking movie. about getting the only thing I recognized. Well, besides the beer, because it was uh, the Jim Beam. Yes, um, but it, it, I'm going. Jim Beam. But I'm not going Jim Beam tonight. Yeah, just is that some the seltzer. pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. We got, yeah, we got two yeah, different flavors like going. Look at this. We, we have got matchies. Yeah, Katie's got. I've got a little grapefruit bubbly. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, what like seltzer do you Let have guess for what us? Tim's drinking. White Claw. Tim's got a tall boy of Miller Lite. That's for backup. That's right here. Ah, he's got he's got the backup. That's the when he goes to the bullpen. Bonvive. Bonvive. Bon somewhat classy. Bon I got the bonvive. Suze uh, Annie Savoy would approve of the bonvive. Yes. Bon it's bon elevated. It's elevated. I, specific, I specifically drink the black cherry because Kat likes it the least out of all the ah, flavors. Good choice. So, so it's there. safe. So yeah. you go with mm-hmm. it. So I'm not uh, really diving into her stash. You're not taking mm-hmm. anything from her. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, how about you? What do you have, sir? Well, I am kind of sick. I have a cold, so I'm being responsible on one hand and drinking just some hot tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect. Got to keep the voice ginseng, good. Uh, lemon, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I'm also taking nips off this bottle of Hennessy cognac. I so. saw that happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I thought that was a mini fabulous. bottle of Crown Royal for a second, <laughs> and I was like, fabulous as well. Got some Henny. I bought it's, it to it's medicinal. Make, uh, it's medicinal. Yes, it is. It makes terrible my throat. Yep. Yeah. It I helps. bought it to make tiramisu. But oh. now, just now you're it. using it for other purposes. All right. It's good. I'm going with the Miller Highlight. Oh, we got oh, a glass bottle. Oh, man. The film. If it's good enough for Crash Davis, it's good enough for me. Wow. I love that mini fridge with those glass bottles of High Life. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry for cussing. No, uh, no, 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 no you don't have to worry to about that. that. <laughs> no. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, there we go. I do. Have um, yeah. Yeah. Before we start, we did just want to say a brief word. Unfortunately, uh, Bruce, they announced Bruce Willis today is stepping away from acting uh, due to a medical condition. So we wish him and his family. He, yeah, well. he's, he seems... can't remember line. He can't communicate yeah. or something. I feel like you just took this to a real dark place. Yeah, you just killed the buzz, Bri. Well, okay. Well, we can get back to it, but it just you got to recognize Bruce Willis. Okay. Yeah, a bummer. An all-time great. Yep. Uh, And a star of the '80s, where we're right in the wheelhouse of the '80s. There we go. You get caught in a rundown while doing the rundown with Katie. All right. That's segue.
Jim's on fire getting the rundown music. Though, I think it's two weeks in a row I hit the right button. I think three, honestly. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's, Harry Callis that's with a the hall, rundown. That's a Hall of Famer. Three, three yeah. out of ten is a Hall of Famer. Ooh, that is. That's... <laughs> Minor league ball is not for the long haulers. It's a game of ins and outs. Guys come, guys go. Sometimes they go to the big show. Most times they don't. In Durham, North Carolina, there is one steady. He's the clown prince of baseball, and his name is Max. But this is not his story. This is the story of the Durham Bulls, other long hauler, their super fan, their guru, their love warrior, Annie Savoy. Annie has helped many a young wild Mustang settle down with a combination of Southern hospitality, baseball advice, literary inspiration, and sexual grooming. Every season, Annie picks one bull to coach with her feminine wiles and her sage coaching advice. Ebby Nuke Lelouch is the lucky youngin of this season, but there is one old stallion by the name of Cash Davis who just may get Annie to settle down. First, they are going to destroy her house with wild sex. But then there may be settling down. Cash Davis? That's not his name. Cash no. Davis. <laughs> Crash! It's Crash! <laughs> I remember now. Oh, you got all the other names right, so I guess we have to give you some I credit. looked the it's... other ones up. Okay. But... <laughs> Cash Davis. That might even have been better. That, I was so proud of myself because I didn't look that one up. I was like, that one's right here. Almost. Almost. Right up there in the right old, up there in the old not noggin. Not forgetting that one. <laughs> Uh, so it's time for grade of the week on a scale of A plus through. I'm bringing back the rookie since mm. this is a baseball movie. Perhaps the rookie, the worst baseball movie or even film ever made. Uh, <laughs> where would we grade Bull Durham, Jim? Where are you uh, putting Bull Durham? Whew. This one's tough for me. I'm going to give it a B. Hmm. Yeah, I like this movie a lot, but it's not really... I really like the writing in it, and I like the characters a lot, but the direction of it is kind of like, eh, there's nothing really special about the way it looks or anything like that. All right, Katie? All right, yeah, this is a B-plus for me. I feel like it's a, it's a solid movie. I mean, if we're comparing it to The Rookie, this is like Oscar-worthy production. Um, but yes, I, in grand scheme of film, B-plus. B-plus, good. Uh, Mike? I'm right there with y'all. I'm going to go B, maybe B minus. Um, we'll get into it, but uh, yeah, it's it's a solid-ass movie. It looks, I like the way movies in the late 80s look. This look great. I like minor league baseball and uh, dudes spitting tobacco. Mm. So a lot to like. Everyone in it is good looking and... I'm a, Very I'm a realistic for minor league baseball. Yeah. All, <laughs> all people look like a million bucks. Well, the coaches were pretty realistic. <laughs> yes, the, the coaches looked exactly yeah. what they would look like. Tim? I'm right with Mike. Uh, if I actually had to put a number on it, I'd put it right around an 83, like not quite solid B, not quite B minus. Um, <clears throat> I agree that I don't really know the message being told in this story. And I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something problematic about Susan Sarandon <gasps> where it's like, she's this sexual muse, but she's totally fine with just like fucking the same or a ball player for a season and then like never seeing him again. Oh, I don't know. It, okay. it's just, we have to hold on. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, Timmy. Okay. We can't get hold into it thought. yet. Perfect. I love We're it. We're going to dive I, in. Uh, I'm going with an A minus. 
Wow. Oh. <laughs> yes. I thought that the, there's the. I watched this film three times in three days. Great. Wow. Because I watched the film you're, and then I watched. Extra. I watched <laughs> the. Well, I was interested because it was on Criterion this month. So I watched the film and then I watched the Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins commentary, which I'd like to discuss at some point because you want to talk about some creepy conversation. There is some creepy conversation on that. And then Ew, I was like, uh, what? Like uh, Kevin Costner, every time Susan Sarandon comes on screen talking about how attractive a woman she is, well, when she Tim is. Robbins I mean, is just, his wife, fact. but Tim Robbins is her husband, and he. Yes. Talks, he, he <laughs> you don't think there was a threesome on that? Aren't they, di- it. Aren't they divorced? Yeah. When did they do the commentary? Not, well, they did the commentary back uh, when they were still married. And one, so there's a there's Sue. She's looking good in this scene, and then mm. they get to the end, <laughs> the end scene, and he's like, "Yeah, I really don't know if I want to watch this part, Kevin." And he's like, "Oh, this is the best part of the movie. You know, <laughs> turn it up." <laughs> Let's watch this in slow mo, and then Ron I, Shelton talking about it. So I, I, I don't know something about this film. It's not. It's certainly not the best directed film. It's not the best cinematography, but it has a staying power. And it, it, and I'm a sucker for '80s films, though. There are some things that aren't '80s about this uh, that we can talk about. So first of all, I think we need to start off with. I've seen this film a ton, Mike. You've seen the film, I would imagine, prior to this viewing. Yeah, I uh, I definitely own it on disc somewhere, but I watched it two times in two days. Not oh, quite. Wow. Everybody was, everybody was quick to go after me for multiple viewings. Yeah, this is my first time on the show. I got it. I'm doing yeah, my homework. Gotta, like I'm it. not going to the work. I love it. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what do you think of Cash Davis? <laughs> Cash? No. Oh. Sorry, Crash Davis. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe his name would be better as Cash. I don't no. know. Cash is a good name. Cash is a good name. Cash would have been a good name. I don't know. Did you guys totally buy Kevin Costner in this movie? Did he seem phony Ooh, at all to you? We talked about this. I, okay, so I feel like Kevin... Way? Can we... That's an interesting Yeah, that's what I was going right to say, because I feel like he always seems... A, he's, he's not a great actor. However... I think he's an incredible athlete. Like he looks more natural doing baseball stuff than he does acting. Acting for yes. sure. For sure. The baseball stuff all works for me, but like the, uh, the, the monologue when they were both oh God. In, in Annie's house, when he's, it was like, kind of, I was kind of cringing. Like, I don't, I'm not buying this. What get this guy saying at all? Uh, but you mean when, you mean when, when he's, when he's the there whole, with Tim Robbins as well. Yeah, the whole yeah, monologue. Yeah. Right? I believe. A, yeah. yeah. Do you know what's interesting it. about that is he said, he goes, I think I did an awful job on that. <laughs> he did. He's like, he goes, All right. I read that. But it's so funny. He said, he's like, I thought he goes, I don't think I ever got that scene. He goes, everybody talks to me about that scene all the time. Tim Robbins is like, you nailed that scene. And Kevin Costner's like, Honestly, I watch it. I don't think I nailed it. I don't think I ever got it right. And then what's interesting is Ron Shelton, when he was talking about it, he goes, he goes, it's not how a real person talks. And Ron Shelton's like, I don't even like the thing. He goes, I wrote it because I knew an actor. He goes, I knew I needed somebody famous to do this movie. And I, he basically is alluding to actors are so vain that that's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for some ridiculous monologue that they can give. And clearly that worked because he got Kevin Costner to do the film and then Kevin Costner didn't even think he did a good job at it but everybody else seems to love it I think it's kind of weird I think it's one of the least interesting parts of the film actually yeah he needs to be a lot weirder of a character to be able to pull that off 
right? Like, someone's yeah. going off because like that. From, yeah. from one thing he likes to the next, they're like polar opposites. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all over the board. So, yeah, like he needed to be more zany of a character. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of felt like he was trying to act cool and maybe Kevin mm. Costner's not cool. Ooh. And maybe I, from what I was reading this, they originally, it was going to be Kurt Russell. Oh, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Oh, That's God, really interesting. Yeah. Right. Like that would have taken Russell. me right out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also a great baseball player, by the way, yeah, I think he was he a minor fucking, league baseball player. Yeah. There's a great doc about the team, like his dad owned or something. I forget what it's called, but, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just, I'm just trying to think it is, is, uh, Kevin Costner kind of a dork. I think Maybe. you're right. I think um, the the person that carries this film, Timmy, is Susan Sarandon. Yeah. So oh, let's talk movie. about yeah. the sweet hotness of Susan <laughs> Sarandon. I'm not slandering Susan Sarandon in this movie. She is hot and she's great. Like she's the best part of this film. I yeah. just, I like the, her existence of just like, she just, she's basically running the team, <laughs> mm-hmm. but she's not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. But she finds enjoyment in just like, banging a player for a year and then i guess he like she's the muse so he ends up going off probably to the big show and never says you know or comes back to annie ever again i don't know nobody ever comes back to so is it that they've flipped a stereotypically male storyline and turned it female that feels a little bit weird that's a good question i don't know i just find like the whole character is is intriguing because she, for all we know, she works part-time at a community college, she says. <laughs> Yet that home Ooh, is like... No matter, she's in North Carolina, Brian. I don't that care, home Katie. was that passed down still, to her by her great aunt. Like it, that is, the rest <laughs> of that town is uh, 1980s Reagan America that he didn't care about. Like, no, like I'm saying she doesn't need much money like, to live in that house. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... Yeah, it's interesting. So, Timmy, one of the things that I think holds up about this film is that it doesn't have the ingrained stereotypical notions of gender that we see in so many movies of the past. You know, she is having sex because she likes it. She Mm -hmm. is setting boundaries around relationships and being very forthcoming about exactly what those boundaries are. She runs the show and she doesn't get emotionally attached because she's in love with baseball. She's not in love with these boys. They are boys. She's in love with the game. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fascinating character. She does say all that in, in the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's her mm-hmm. talking about this, this existence in life and how she basically says at the end that it's a bad trade and bad trades happen all the time in baseball. And like, but that, that, fact that she knows that she's like i don't know it's just weird that she like knows that she's not getting fulfillment out of this well it, but don't think about crash because it's just though but it, yeah i think, I think that's that the all three in her character right all like three of the, by the end yeah all three of the major characters in this movie are on like a trajectory and, and crash is basically doing the same thing with minor league baseball mm-hmm. right like he knows when he goes there to like and they basically tell him, you're here to groom our new superstar pitcher to get him to the major leagues. He knows his job is not anymore to try to get to the major leagues himself. Mm. And so, like, he's he's playing baseball for unfulfilling reasons, really. 
and and yeah and then so and then you have you know nuke is kind of just along for the ride but he they all they all sort of have something to learn and teach each other in different ways so i i think you know for annie it's that she doesn't like she's i think her her role is less explicit like she comes out and says like it's a bad trade but she's not saying that like she's scared of commitment like kevin costner's pu- pushes her to say that like basically like you're you're scared of settling down with like a real person but i also question that notion of her saying it's a bad trade is that just in the context of society like is that does she see oh, no, a problem she, with it or no, is it like right. no is, she like, doesn't you know folks would think the fact that i just like yeah. sleep with a guy and then let him move on is yeah. not ideal in southern christian culture <laughs> mm. yeah well i think it's interesting too so tim this was you had never watched this film right this never. was the first time you'd ever seen that film so i think it's really interesting your perception of the actors in in some way like susan sarandon's performance all these things because i think at the time costner in particular right this was in like his bullseye stretch of like kevin costner's the man is bull durham field of dreams untouchables no way out he by the way he's kevin costner in every one of those films like he's one <laughs> of those bodyguard. people who's like yeah <laughs> but he's like kevin costner right he's not somebody he's not gary oldman he's not disappearing into a role so if you like kevin costner you know th- you're gonna like all those films because it's kevin costner but i think for someone who just saw it like what's your interpret having never seen it what were some of the takeaways from it did it seem oh it was still so like, relevant I, today you think or is it just so dated uh, uh, that it's wasn't like, interesting it's i had a blast watching it that's for sure like it's very enjoyable um i i immediately thought a slap shot uh you know like it because it's minor league um it's more comedy than it is really anything else i would say i mean i guess like romantic comedy a, a, a bit um but yeah like i i really enjoyed it it just I guess, I guess like I do so many times, not just on this podcast, on my own podcast of doing movie specials, like by the end, I will change my opinion. Cause it's like tough for me to like really comprehend what I saw. And I totally see what you're saying. I think all three of our main characters were complacent and settling for less. And then by the end, they kind of realize they're what they should be doing and like what yeah. th- they could be doing to better themselves. Um, and I think, I think specifically with, uh, Susan Sarandon, I think off the bat, what bothers me is that Tim Robbins is such a turd. He's just such he a sucks. He <laughs> just fucking sucks. And I just can't imagine her settling for him. But that, I so, think is my but problem. I think that's I think that's so purposeful, Tim, because I think that mm. that's to illustrate that this is not an emotional Okay. relationship right this is coaching yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it is coaching yeah, using all of the yes. tools that she has at her disposal to get young boys to listen and that's her vagina no but she's <laughs> yeah and were she's also asked, getting something out of were you more or less creeped out by this relationship than the licorice pizza relationship less because Katie? they are both adults i feel like once we've passed the age of reason which we will still call 18 because that's what we've agreed upon as a society then whatever i mean you know susan sarandon and tim robbins have a legitimate marriage that lasts for 30 years they are 13 years apart they fall mm. in love on the set uh you know it's 
countercultural in that we're used to seeing the older man and the younger woman, but not a big deal once folks are in their 20s, right? Teenagers? That, no. I was trying to wonder. Nope. I like, how old is Tim Robbins? How old is Nuke supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, that's he's a great question. Be like, he's young 20s. Yeah, he's so like, she was 38 was, for real. No, I think he's young. No, you think he was in college? See, my idea I think he's 18, be, I, 19. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would agree. That uh, That's where my take on, was on that as well. Okay. I was going more based on like how old he actually was. Was. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's vague in that respect. So Tim saw it first time. Mike, you saw it twice back to back days. Mm -hmm. What's that experience like when you be able to rewatch a film that quickly? What was the takeaway after the second time? Was there anything that stood out more after two viewings back to back than like from the first one to the second one? Well, it's very easy to watch, right? This is like uh, not a, this is a breeze. It flew by. I don't even know how long it was, but it doesn't feel long. It, uh, some things that stood out to me. Well, let's talk about the three characters. Like I want to say Annie for sure is the most secure in her role. What she sees is her role in her life. I think she's happy, the, the only happy person here, right? Crash is a miserable prick. For, <laughs> I mean, you know, for his his station in life, even though I mean, in the law, like the coach points out to him, brother, you're still getting paid to go to the ballpark every day and not work at Sears. So, yeah. And probably getting paid way more than the rest of those guys, because he's a triple A player. They bought us triple A contract. Like yeah. Five bucks a day or whatever the hell those other yeah. guys are getting. And uh, Nuke obviously is young and stupid and maybe two i mean he, he kind of comes around at the end and kind of shows that he does sort of have a brain but in the beginning he's kind of just a, a fucking maniac but it's you love annie right we love her we hope she's happy um and uh yeah that's what i my most my the thing I come away most with is like, I really hope Annie's happy in her life. She seems like she is, but <laughs> is she? Is she lying to herself? I don't know. It's hard to say. These do you mean at the end of the movie or like up until yeah. Crash? All the the whole time because like she she lays it out. She does seem very happy. I mean, she's going to the ballpark. She's looking good. She's spraying. The new season starting. She's spraying the fucking perfume. <laughs> He's gonna pick her new boy, and it's everything's looking good. And then by the end, this Crash Davis guy. Ah, uh, does Crash Davis drag Annie down? Is she moving Ooh. with him at the end to go be a minor league coach somewhere? And she's just a housewife. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a good coaching a team. Question, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But is it? You know, I don't know. I All right, think, you're I our think... new player. You're our, you're our new. You're our new uh, middle reliever. You're gonna have to sleep with my wife. I was thinking start. that at the you end, they, they bring that they bring the it. new recruits home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there is a notion at the end that they kind of have both reached the. They've reached the end of this stage of their life and are ready to move on together to what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. I love this. Part of the reason I love this movie is that it's sort of like a little bit of a love letter to the parts of baseball that a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, if you, if you've played baseball for a long time, you know, there, the things that 
you know, current society thinks are boring and slow. Yeah. This movie does a really good job of romanticizing that piece of the game, I think. And mm. it's to me, that's part of why I love it so much. You know, they talk a lot about, you know, Crash to me is an interesting character because he is like almost like this holdover to the the pre like steroid error baseball, right? Like we're like 1988, like we're right there, right mm. at the chain, at like the turning oh, of like, well, yeah. Cause the strike will happen yeah. in 93. And then that, yeah. Really well, the 93 Phillies baseball. were, were 90% steroids. I think. Oh yeah. But like yeah, when you think like Jose Canseco and fucking right. Mark McGuire. Oh are like yeah. Super right. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. And so like you, and he has a love for the game and he talks about it for most of the movie about like, you know, nuke, not respecting the game. And like, if you, how hard it is, like if you just get one more hit a week over the course of a season, you know, you, you can go from two fifty to 300 and be in the major leagues. And, and he's, you know and that he, was about himself. Right. Like, right. Was, that was fully. And um, by the way, I thought that, monologue was delivered much better he, than the one that's more famous. I he think did that a great job. Much better. He did a great job in that scene being like drunk on the line of being drunk. I think yeah. that Maybe was actually was some drunk. good. Act. Yeah. And like that. So for me, that's, that's why I like this movie so much. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of the part in, in like fever pitch when he's, when Jimmy Fallon's talking about you, you can't have a lucky career. Like you can have a lucky day. You can have a lucky game. You can go on a hot streak, but like in baseball, the numbers, the numbers play out and they are what they are. And and it's, you know, to, when you really think about it, if you are successful, if you're a successful hitter, 30% of the time, you are basically a hall of famer. Yeah. That's yeah, insane. Guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess like, you know, this movie, despite being completely about minor league baseball, doesn't really deal that much in the actual play. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, like th there's definitely the uh, direct relationship and uh, catcher and pitcher with mm -hmm. Nuke and Crash. But other than that, like you don't really give a shit about the rest of the players. Mm. Um, and and there's like, just background, whether they're yeah, really winning games or not. Like, well, yeah, right. that's a great yeah. point, right? They take away. It's not like Hoosiers where they build to a championship yep. game or even like major league, right? Another eighties baseball film where they have to get to a championship game and lose and all that stuff. Like the last 20 minutes of this movie has literally nothing to do with baseball because nuke is gone. And yeah. he's, you know, you get that one scene of Kevin Costner hitting his home run, but it doesn't matter. Oh yeah. The last 20 minutes are soft core pornography. Uh, yeah, well, seriously. The, the soundtrack alone. If you close, oh God. if you close yes. your eyes and just listen to that, you'll get an erection. We, no, way, no, no. It's like new Kevin age, Coster's smooth jazz uh, sax. And, and, and uh, here's an interlude. Listen, as Jim will now play the music for everybody. It's and pretty and close numbers, to Baker Street. Like go up beep, amazingly. Beep, oh, Baker Street would have been a fabulous drop. It's in this not movie far off. They could have got Baker Street during it. Kevin Costner's you know rant about all the things he likes or whatever he does say softcore porn he does, so he does. That was he like, does. he's there he is he's he's yeah. a softcore pornography in the 80s big deal late 80s i wish yeah. he had said like i love wearing a woman's what? robe i love yeah. painting ladies toenails yeah. <laughs> with my tall white socks <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, listen, can we talk about the fashion in this film? Because oh my God. I, I, at what point did I miss the baggy pleated khakis well, rage? And her cover. I, the, I would love I to talk picture, her outfits. There are some but times that she looks are, dead sexy. And then there are yeah. some times where I'm like, well, are they trying to make her look like I don't Listen, know. I, the I rain. Know You're I talking about the rain, the right? I was impressed. At the end, the, in the rain. The outfit at the awful. end with the parasol and the sneakers, <laughs> and the, there's like a weird bow thing happening, well, embroidered you know on her blouse. Like no budget for this. I find this so funny because this movie has obviously gone on to make so much money and, and done all this stuff. Nobody wanted to make this movie. So mm-hmm. I, apparently they were sh- they were trying to sell it all over town. Nobody would buy it, and then Kevin Costner just did No Way Out, which won. I think it wasn't Hackman. It was Will Patton had won the Oscar or whatever. So he had a little bit of pull, and they brought him in. But then they went around Hollywood again, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're not going to do it." And finally, Orion said they do it because he made No Way Out with them, and they made a fortune of it. But they gave him like six million bucks. That's it. The jacket he wears in that movie is Ron Shelton's jacket because the <laughs> costume designers like we don't have any money. The Bullum, the uniforms they're wearing are actually the Durham Bull uniforms. Mm-hmm. Like they were just like wear your own stuff to the movie and be in it. That's which everyone had a Hawaiian shirt. And yeah, because they, yeah. they went to the thrift store. That's where yeah. they got like the, all the. Which is crazy. I mean, six million bucks is like the uh, catering budget for one day on an MCU film. <laughs> I mean, like insane that it's still around. I I I wanted to talk about something that uh, you know, I know Mike and and Tim are big hockey fans, but like, and and hockey and baseball are interesting because they are t- the two leagues that have like such a strong minor league, uh, you know, system. Mm-hmm. Um. And like the, I've always thought coming from like the Philadelphia area where we where we have four major sports teams, it's interesting that like there's a love for these. There's such an intense love for um, these minor league teams in those cities. But it's so weird to me that like your greatest hope is that like this guy gets better and leaves your team leaves like you. yeah leaves it's you, right? like what a weird it is such a weird is, right? thing but there <laughs> yeah. are these people that are dedicated and and the closest thing katie and i were kind of talking about is like you know it's almost like you could say like oh i knew that i before. knew him when that's it or like yeah. i got to know all these players and it's way more accessible cool to, to that yeah I mean, having coached at that level like the developmental level at the high school it's like you feel a sense of excitement when one of the kids you coach goes on to be like an all league kid you're well, like you know so what they here's the thing to me is are. that the overwhelming majority of the population will never experience performing anything at that level right. of notoriety yeah. and so to have any sort of a connection yeah, to true. somebody that does right like, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and so that's what minor league that, ball yeah. gives you you know like you can get like literally up close to the action get your signatures mm-hmm. do all the stuff and then like if one of those guys goes that's yeah. so cool you know? yeah, my guys <laughs> that's your guy that's absolutely <laughs> it looks very cool to live in a small ass town that just has a minor league stadium that like, you could just yeah. walk in the middle and oh man like i love the one night. in uh walk in cooperstown yeah. Cooper the town. one oh that yeah that's so the double cool. field yeah. it's very cool just, it has that same feeling you know yeah, like it's an old stadium just it's like a, yeah. walking on into the ballpark 
Yeah. You Catch can certainly game. feel that this is a first time director, though. This is the first film Ron Shelton had directed. He wrote. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name the, of the, the, the best of times. The yeah, one with Kurt, the football movie. Kurt with Russell, Kurt and, Russell and uh, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams, which is a fabulous one. What? But there was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that movie, by the way. Yeah. Where, where he Kurt wears Russell black cleats. The, white, the gray. The white, yeah, what do they call them? The white ones. Yeah. Oh, God. He was great. But to Mike's point, I think the, the scene that in encapsulates I think the love that I would have for being in this community it's the one thing I can think about in this film where I thought like that's a pretty cool shot is when Susan Sarandon's walking through town mm-hmm. down into the field and it's, it is almost a Tarantino like or a licorice pizza from our last episode where they kind of follow her down and it's I don't think it's that maybe steady cam, but they don't have a big budget for it and they pop right into it and then they do one, two, three o'clock music and show mm-hmm. real footage that was great like yeah. that little montage yeah. is- i wanted to be there very bad so yeah. if we compared this to like the high school football culture this oh, feels Jesus. much more healthy yes right? uh, <laughs> yeah 100 varsity blues when they're like want to kill themselves right right right, right. Yeah. this is yeah. like i don't know it's legitimate like you know cheer cheering yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, folks yeah, that yeah. are like getting a little bit of it oh yeah it's not toxic at all it, to me it's just imagining like how yeah, it's sort of heartbreaking, right? To to know that like the best success your team can have is that none of these players are on your team yeah, again yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't be. In fact, if they're on your team again, their careers are pretty much yeah. dead end. Yeah. It's yeah. not a guy you want an autograph from that, or anything like that. That is a good point though. Like that was something about this that I, I appreciated that you, you never got to see like fans booing and throwing shit at the players for being bad, even though like early on at one point, you know, when the coach is like throwing them all in the shower and lollygaggers and they're like eight and 16 on the season. So they're horrible, but mm-hmm. at no point are the fans like upset with them, you know, like, right. cause even to the scene you're talking about where Susan Sarandon right in the beginnings, walk into the field. And then you got, get that guy, Max Patkin. Yeah. Doing his like clown routine. Clown yeah. Prince of baseball. Which I didn't even Classic. know who the hell he was until looking him up because of this movie, which yeah. cool, but they're all like, they're all into it. They're yeah. all cheering him on. And he kind of looks ridiculous. Like yeah. you, could, you could totally see some, he's like, literally bullies. a clown. Like, but like but you could see some bullies player. in the crowd, like making fun of him or yeah. throwing something at, no, like they're all into it. having a freaking blast. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is um, a nice, like tight knit community. Yeah, there's yeah. there's something it. about it that's just like wholesome fun. You think like folks that would go to a minor league game just legitimately love the game. You know, it's like, wholesome they're not fun. Going for any other reason, they just mm. really love baseball. Wholesome yeah. fun is spilling your Cheerios and milk all Wait, over the table and please putting can we your talk bare about ass the sex scenes. Or, or please, can we talk the, the excessive the splashing of the water from the tub yeah. out on? Wow. Like, there's no concern wow. for the leaking that's going to happen yes. into the kitchen. They so many candles lit that had to. Take oh yeah, I, I did appreciate <laughs> the shot of her cleaning up the next day. Oh, that was, and I finding the joint. Yes, when she finds the joint and decides to just. Sit there and smoke weed on the kitchen floor is way like funny. That, maybe that's the moment where I like really connect with her. I'm like, like, yes, oh, yes, like, Danny, yeah, I get that. With me most since the last time I watched this was probably like you know ten years ago or whatever. Was that fucking milk spilling everywhere? <laughs> yeah. oh, that is the smell. Of that that is going to smell awful. so awful. That up, like, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> have some respect. Now I have to know, and like, just we just have to get the awkwardness out of the way. Have you ever had like a table clearing? 
you know, hot and steamy (laughs) right out of the movies. Clear the desk. Uh, No, uh, not with cat. <laughs> All right, we didn't need. Whoa, to- hold on, <laughs> now, I, that's next week's pop idol episode, right this there. This movie is all about Mike men Mitch, getting Mike vulnerable, and I next, appreciate uh, you showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Delve into that one. That's, that's a whole segment right there. Um, you know what's interesting, and we've talked about this on a few films we've done because this was when we were kids. It kind of came out, and then like for me, the way. I, you identify the stories because, you know, when we first saw this, we were young. Even when I watched it in college, you don't equate what like Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner are going through, really. I mean, you can know what they're going through, but you are so much younger. You're closer to the Tim Robbins character. And then to watch this now in understanding like what certain aspects of your life start to go away, like I'm not going to do that. anymore. And I think that. To me on this, like when I rewatched it these few times, I was focusing on their two characters in that way. And I found it really interesting in a sports movie to like deal with that a little bit and think about Kevin Costner of like what you do when you've devoted your life to something and know that you're never going to be able to obtain that thing that you really want. And what's that pivot now? Where do you go? And I thought he's Kevin Costner or whatever, but I thought there was some scenes he played in particular with Susan Sarandon when they weren't, uh, banging on dairy products that was <laughs> that was interesting and, and and for a sports film in particular and a late 80s film where let's be honest the late 80s weren't known for the you know most serious content i think that's one of the reasons i really enjoyed this movie a lot now for different ways probably than I, when i watched it 20 years ago No, because what you expect the the trope is that at the end he's gonna get the call up right he's gonna he's mm. gonna break the record for the minor yeah. league for home runs in the does. season and, and then they're gonna that. tag him to come in whatever even but if it's for a day quits, which is six fabulous, days actually. you know whatever yeah. it is um so like- i like that they they play with that um, we have had commenter Ira along with us oh, for the, the ride, best. and I have he has brought up a scene that we've got to talk about, and that is the conversation on the mound about the wedding gifts. Oh yeah, and all of the uh, things. Dude, it's one of my good. favorite <laughs> scenes in this film. I agree. Yeah, and Arliss comes in to kind yeah. of just Robert Wall. quickly break it <laughs> all down. Wall, which I'm sorry, I don't know so why good I in this. Think of I loved him. Yeah, yeah. So like, you, we talked. We were we were talking about that, and I, what I thought interesting is that like. The crazy assistant coach kind of became like a trope, and I don't know if it this was like it the start him. of it, right? But like he's not over the top; he's like perfect in line with like you could see this guy being a real coach and funny, and you know not knowing when he should actually get out on the mound, and just kind of like <laughs> being a yes man to the manager and all that. And then you move on to like you know, rookie of the year and you have Daniel Stern, who's basically (laughs) so ridiculous that it's hard to watch. Mm. It's a kid's movie. I love crash giving him the advice of like, you got to go scare him. And that's the, Oh yeah. The 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 coaches are great in this, but the, do you know what the interesting thing was And Robert wall? He was like, when he talks about this movie and Costner, I thought, 
whatever Kevin Costner, I think he gets movies. He's like one of those people. And that's probably why he's still in the career. Yellowstone, amazing show and stuff like that. But he's like the balance of Robert Wall, like a lot of it was ad lib and stuff like that. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, you should have more Robert Wall, more Robert Wall. And then he said, like Ron Shelton, he Robert Wall talked about. It. He goes, no, that you, it's knowing just how much you can have a secondary character like that mm-hmm. to make sure. people want more. And then nowadays they would probably give him his own movie or something. Stupid. You know, like, <laughs> oh, we'll give him his own movie. It'd be hysterical. It'd be awful. But then they said him and Trey Wilson, who was the manager, they said they said to Ron Shelton like the first day, they're like, we're going to play like Laurel and Hardy. We're going to play off each other. And like that just element. And then is, they brought in the third so guy. The third oh, yeah. guy was just like trying to say stuff occasionally. Yeah, yeah. And he would know like the the actual answer. Like the head coach would go, hey, he's doing this thing, South American thing. You go Aztec, yeah. and then the trainer go, no, it's Mayan. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they did yeah. that like three like, times. So it was pretty funny. I have to be with these fucking idiots. For? <laughs> I don't know. Nuke like can't breathe through his eyelids or yeah. something. I love it. I love the like whisper down the lane of Aunt, of Annie's. Oh, wisdom. the notes to the kids. Well, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, that. But then also like. That the rest of the team, there is a there's an amount of credence given to like whatever the thing is that she's doing. Like yeah. there's like an allowance of like, yeah, Annie's Annie's working her stuff. You yeah, know? and that's like <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, she is greatly respected. Yeah, by exactly. That was what baseball before like sabermetrics, right? Like before oh, Billy yeah. Bean, right. baseball is such a superstitious game. Yeah, spiritual. Oh, and the, the conversation between yeah. Crash and Annie, where mm-hmm. like you know he basically says like whatever you believe to be true is the thing that is true, yeah, right? Yes. So like, yes. Oh, God, it's good. Yeah, I I oh, do. I yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Brian. No, but I do think the other benefit besides like the Crash Davis part in terms of like being older now and thinking his point of view is what we're talking like. Just the fun of you like riding on a bus with a bunch of other friends. It makes you think about like your women young getting 20s. woolly. Like, what? No, but, <laughs> women don't get woolly. I can, women I get can, weary. I can appreciate that. As my wife, would, Aileen, would tell you, I don't know the words to any song properly. I just sing songs. Uh, well, except we don't talk about so Bruno. Good. I know every word to that like, song. So Crash is a little bit of a miserable prick. But mm-hmm. man, does he know the game and he knows the psychology of humans. And you can mm-hmm. see how he would be a great coach because the way that he balances all of the things, like mm-hmm. the fun, the rest, yeah. the seriousness, like, you know, like he he gets the full, I, the, the full picture. The thing I love, the one thing I noticed this time watching is the turn that he has at the end, which I never really paid much attention to. But it's not just that he's going to quit because he the game's not like loving him back. It's also the moment when, like in the locker room with Nuke before he leaves after they get Which into the a fight great scene, by yeah, the way, where he sort of changes his mind and he basically says, "Hey, when you get up there, they're going to eat you up, yeah. but do not worry about that. Be the same arrogant prick that you are, yeah, and act like you belong there and do the thing." Yeah. And that's totally contrary to what he said earlier in the movie when he's like, you don't respect the game. And yeah. I think he's finally realizing that like, Hey, maybe my like reverence for what this game is maybe held me back in certain mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. even that, that was like one of the moments that even I could relate to. It has nothing to do with even professional sports. I was like, that's how I felt when I first started working in it. 
I didn't know my, I didn't know my, as my dad would say, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. Like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to be eaten alive, but no, I just kept plugging away. And now I feel like I'm a master, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and go. I think that was essentially the same speech he was giving to nuke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there well, was a point also- in my life where I, yeah, I think everyone can get to a place where you start to realize that most people are 80% full of shit. So like yeah. <laughs> there are a few people that like you really should listen to. And there are other people, there are other times where you just like take what people say and kind of, you know, with a grain of salt and, and you know, make your own choices. <laughs> what is also what's interesting to me about his character is this idea that you would be kind of a prick. You would be kind of sick of this. If you're this guy in your mid thirties, right. And you've been toiling away at this for 15 years. And there's a point in everyone's life where you're like, I can't go out and drink with 20 year olds anymore. Well, and also, like that, how many, you know, how like many I just can't live that across, life anymore. Right. How many nukes has he seen come across and be amazing talents and either blow it or make mm-hmm. it to the big show either way. And he's there plugging away, doesn't have the talent, but he's so hardworking and still doesn't get a shot at the show. You know, right. it's got to be ultra frustrating for him. Uh, you can't, you, you know, he's because he even says when he's talking, he does a speech about uh, how God bless his right arm and stuff. A he's thunderbolt like, for if, an arm. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, like if, if I had that damn talent, you know how much I would appreciate it. <laughs> like, like you don't even love the game. Like I do. I love this game so much. And that God didn't give me shit. <laughs> it's tough. I it's, worked it's for heart, everything. Yeah. Drunk and Kevin like, Costner is good. Kevin Costner. He's just played a drunk in every film. We could plug yeah. him in, Katie, in the drunk driving scene in North by Northwest, and he would have been able to sell it much for better. You. Much better. I have, I have one more reaction to I, I, it. Just hit me with like throughout the whole conversation once again, <clears throat> Brian. You asked like what was my reaction being a first time watcher, and yeah. also what Jim said about how this movie really is about the like intangible things of baseball, mm-hmm. and the most notable cinematography i would say in this scene has to do with like those intangible things of baseball and it's when uh crash has his like first at bat at least that you saw oh yes and it's him oh great that is a great point tim that's it's just really directly to his face to the pitcher and he's in his head you hear his thoughts and he's Mm -hmm. like it's this mind game and and he has to take time out because he's thinking about annie and like annie annie Man, who's that? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people that don't under that that think baseball is boring has have never either either they don't appreciate that side, which is totally fine. Like if you if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. But like people used to laugh and say like Jamie Moyer threw eighty five miles an hour, and I'd say, yeah, dude, if you stood in front of Jamie Moyer and he threw eighty five miles an hour, and if you've never held a baseball bat, you would shit yourself You'd, at yeah, 85, you th- 85 miles an hour. And then he'd throw a 60 mile an hour, like change up and you'd, you'd fall apart. So like yeah. it, it's that kind of stuff that like, you don't see much in going on. Like you don't see uh movies and I don't know. I agree. Attacking and, I mean, that piece this, of it. This movie, no, I think gets much more into the, the intricacies of, of the role of the catcher who you yeah, have always claimed is the smartest person on the field. Always, always probably make has something the best to do with your yes. role in the game. But anyway, um, <laughs> this one really, really does show like how, how he runs the show and the, and the way that he trains the pitcher and what happens when you shrug off a sign and you know, all of that, mm. like it really gets into that relationship and 
how you make it work, right? Well, how can we talk about when Kevin Costner one hand hits that ball in the batting cage? Yes, oh, it's, great. Yeah. it's great. pretty cool. That sequence is pretty fucking cool. And they it's actually he the said they were really filming that. He, and he was like, he, go, he didn't even talk about him doing it. He goes, the most impressive thing is Susan Sarandon, who wasn't like an athlete or anything. She was willing to stand there as these balls are like, <laughs> he's like, that's no CGI. Like they legitimately <laughs> were firing those balls at her. Um, by the way, I also watched this a second time within like a 24 hour span. Look at I, this. I, now okay. everybody's coming out. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad your, your vulnerability on full display. So that scene I was talking about where it's him at bat, he's batting left handed. Oh, he's a switch he's, hitter he's in real hitter. life. In that, real yeah, life. That, that scene in the batting cage, he's, he's just swinging away right handed with yeah. one fucking hand just hitting yeah. balls. Yeah. Like, I, I, I that. Uh, the second go around, I'm sorry, is when I picked up on he switch hitting. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. And I think it's funny. I was telling Katie, like growing up, like being a baseball player and then watching like Kevin Costner was in every sports movie. Right. Like and he <laughs> seems so natural in all those sports movies. And then you see other people in sports movies and you're like, did that, did that person ever pick up? The the, the the ball yeah like the, the, <laughs> oh my god yeah. like in it's any awful. any other sports movie like there are some times where you're just like did that person spend even one week trying to well, figure out what, Tim how, Robbins, what to look like um, pitching yeah. Tim Robbins rehearsal or audition was they they put him on the mound they mm. were like they were they were only mm. going to let people because Ron Shelton was a minor league baseball player and he's like I'm not doing this with somebody who can't at least look legitimate here. Yeah. It's very important for a sports movie for them to look athletic. I mean, they made Kevin Bacon do so many somersaults before he filmed oh. Footloose. Footloose. Oh they, they had him <laughs> no, to go on the parallel bars. Remember Kevin Bacon as a basketball player in the air up there? Jimmy Dugan. Yeah. Oh boy, well, that's a classic well, one. Um, wait, to, to yeah, go what ahead. Mike said though, I actually made a note like Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins in this movie are the only like unathletic bodies and especially Kevin Costner. He's always had this body where it's, it's not a dad bod. It's just like a but normal. It, those are baseball person. bods. Those are, yeah. those are baseball yeah. before then, drugs. No. Bods. Remember when the guys got <laughs> in, thrown the in the shower to get yeah. some hunks in there. There's dude. some God damn. And those guys are. Yeah. And Tim, like, that's a great point. Cause those guys are legit minor league players. So those yeah. are, those are like the, what the baseball yeah. bods. <laughs> Yeah. That's a, this is this is this Tim is Robbins you know, just looking like me out there. Yeah, this is yeah. right in the John Crook. Like I'm not an athlete lady. Yeah. Or, <laughs> no, Tim Robbins had a pretty good ass in those garters. Yeah. Oh my god, you didn't know, look 30, bad. It was 30 degrees when they were filming all those scenes. They filmed in November or something. <laughs> Rose yeah. goes in the front. Big you guy. Can see their breath. breath. When they yeah, were they arguing. said they tried to I like cut it out. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that takes you out of it. So bad. I was like. Oh, it looks so bad. Like I hate there's, I hate, like I've gone to so many, uh, I agree. I wish season Phillies games. Oh God. Like, mm. At night it's like 30 degrees and the wind's blowing and you're there for four hours. And it's I, terrible. I remember like, yeah, going to like in high school, the first week you're so like inside practice, like February, middle of February, you're inside. The, yep. usually like the first week of March, you start going outside and it's so cold that your cleats don't even sink into the ground. You're just uh, like, you're, you're just, top of it. yes. <laughs> it's hap it happens this it's, week. Yeah. The kids Ugh. this week, there was snow. Uh, they were in uh, snow squalls. They had to this cancel. Terrible. Terrible. Well, do you know, the funny <laughs> thing is Costner and Tim Robbins on the uh, commentary were saying like the scariest thing was they actually 
the people from Durham would come and watch the games for him. He's like, they, they loved it. They stayed all there. But Costa and Robbins are saying the acting isn't scary. He's like, we actually had to get out there and throw pitches and hit with thousands of people watching. They yeah. go, and they said like how ter- they're like, oh, my God, that was the most terrifying thing. And then, you know, Costner goes on to do Tin Cup and it's the same deal. Like they were having him basically hit at uh, PGA Pro-Am events. Mm-hmm. That's oh, like that's, that's even harder. Yeah, that's that. crazy. I can't yeah, golf is a whole that. other headspace thing. We got uh, real quick. I got to make this point because yes. you, guys, you guys brought it up and it's, it, 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 it really clicked in for me. Like they talk about the intangibles and the spirituality of baseball. And currently in real life baseball, it is such a saber metrics game. It is yeah. so numbers and everything is brought down to the tiniest percentage point. And that's why it kind of sucks. It is boring. Like when Absolutely. baseball was more, free flowing and, and, and just, uh, weird. It was better, but now they've tried to take this unexplainable thing and put numbers on it and it never works. Does it? It works. It can work. So like, yeah, it's like the money ball thing. Like it can work (laughs) for the season. Right. But once you get in the playoffs, once your sample size is now a five or seven game series, it's a totally different thing. You need that one guy. You need that one guy at the plate. That's going to hit a home run. Even if he was going to walk, there's the rest of the stories to it. So Tim is old enough to remember when people loved baseball and there were characters and stuff to it. But I, the one Tim, are you older than the rest of us? Yeah. That. I thought that was an. Do you remember like the olden days? Little, little, little Timmy, no, no, no. Timmy, little Timmy is, with a propeller hat on. The golden days of baseball. Tim. He's no, got a little, is, little propeller on his younger. hat. <laughs> You're missing the point. Tim is younger than us, and that's my point. He's still old enough to like where baseball oh, had personality. Whereas, like my my, I guess my thing with this film is if we brought somebody in who was like twenty, are they going to have any connection to this? with baseball era of baseball yeah right what baseball is it depends on if they love baseball or not well that's what i mean i feel like less people like i wasn't a great baseball player but i play and i love watching baseball so i connect to it i feel like now it's like almost niche like the number of baseball starting to turn into what i think hockey viewership was in some ways when we were younger which is less and less people are there and the nfl and the nba are so up there that I think Jim, all you brought up all the really interesting, quirky things about baseball. Modern baseball players don't think about that. They think about launch angle and all that other kind of shit. And somebody like Crash Davis would be a complete dinosaur the, in their the thing, world. The thing that I've realized with analytics in all of sports is that it does hold more water in baseball because there's a start and a stop, and then there's a singular event. It is a pitcher and a batter, and that's it. And you can gather so much info off of that one thing. The closest other is probably football because you're just hiking a ball, here's the formation, and here's the results. But mm. there's so much improvisation once mm. the ball is hiked that like, it, it's not like a, a, a set event, you know? Mm-hmm. And But uh, through my, like, I actually read Moneyball. I love that fucking movie. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Through my little bit of like knowledge of all of these analytical stats, I've realized through all of sports that like the best managers that incorporate this shit, they don't lean all into it. It's like, yeah, yeah. one tool context yes, yeah. exactly. to yeah. the situation, 
but then, and then I'm Saint still Peter's keep... is another freaking thing, right? Where <laughs> sure. it's like just the the will, just the or, like the the love, the belief. Sure, or like what Jim's trying trying to say, I think, is like when it comes to say playoff ba- baseball, and it's the bottom of the eighth, and you, you got runners in scoring position, and so and so up to bat. Like, are they fucking clutch? Clutch is something you cannot quantify. Grit. I guess you could, mm-hmm. though. In that scenario, it could be like they well, try to. They have. They, they, they have they, tried they, it. Right? They make up, yeah. They they have weird sentences for hits under pressure with less than two or whatever. You less know, than two shit. outs. Runners uh, in scoring one position. One block. The, breathing eyelid. Yes. But then, like testicle, you know, yeah, testicle chakra. It is tough to quantify someone that can rise to the biggest pressure cooker of situations. Yeah, you know it when you see it. It's that, and that's that's what you have to go with, right? Like, like Rollins for the Phillies when in in '08, like his whole career, he was um, you know, he was a mediocre hitter for a leadoff hitter, but Mm -hmm. an absolute killer in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a totally different thing. You can't well, sold against us in 09 was yeah. no, no, no. Sorry. 2010 when Cody Ross. And the yeah. Oh yeah. Giants. Great one. Yep. Yeah. And it's like Absolutely. that guy was mediocre his entire career, but he just happened to get hot and yeah. destroyed the Phillies. Great. Thank you don't you, mess Cody with a hot streak. Well, you can find Bull Durham lots of places. You could be like Tim, Mike and I watch it multiple times in <laughs> uh, a day. It's on Criterion now with great extras that you can watch. Um, and it's a must say the only thing this film was missing is the nuns. Oh, they should have started it. out Jesus the movie Christ. with the they're, nuns they're, like uh, in the rookie. Uh, dude, there are no nuns in North Carolina. Nuns do love Catholic. baseball. Nuns do they love do. baseball. That is true. Uh, it, you know, but you can often see nuns at the Phillies game. All right. That's if true. you're a nun, yeah. uh, send us yeah. a, drop us. There's a that line famous picture that you. one uh, very good looking young nun with the <laughs> giant Timmy sized beer taking a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> The classic. Pick. Maybe she was right. like a, a sister act thing where she was just in like yeah. witness protection or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, King of the Hill, bottom of the barrel. I'm only really asking this question so we can talk about Coda that won oh. the Academy Award. That Congratulations, we Coda. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, Fantastic. Coda. Because it's not better than Coda and it's certainly not worse than Father of the Bride. So no. we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep both of those where they are. Uh, now it's exciting. We have five questions with our Crash Davis Tim, who's a veteran of five questions, and our well, we're we gonna do double feature. Mike. Oh yeah, let's do double feature first. Sorry. Um, oh, let's do five questions first, and then we'll end with double. Feature. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> Why? All right, five question time for Tim and Mike. I have a lot more faith in Mike answering these questions than when Tim comes on and Keenan is with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident <laughs> here. Uh, here we go. Thumbs up or thumbs down question. One Mr. Crash Davis brings this point up. Are you a thumb up or thumb down on Lee Harvey Oswald acting as a lone gunman? Uh, so... I do think he was the only gunman, but I don't think he is who uh, killed uh, President Kennedy. Oh. I subscribe to the theory that it was an accidental shot fired from the guy in the front seat of the car. Oh, 
Ooh, I love Ooh. it. That and much more on the next Mike Calls Tim. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it right there. That could, that's good. I don't want to take away an episode for you guys. That is fascinating. Tim, how do you feel about that? I feel like this question is inspired by the fact that Kevin Costner is in the movie JFK. Oh, well, right? I'm not going to lie that that was part of this as well. Very good. Okay, Tim, so thank you. I've never actually finished that movie because it's, it's long, <laughs> so long, so long, very long. And I fall asleep. You know, I read time. the book that that film was based on, actually, when I was in sixth grade. I cool got it for story. Christmas. Sixth Jim, grade. Jim get just that's Jim when I got Harrison. this shirt. <laughs> sixth grade. My sister went to Hawaii. <laughs> I actually I. I didn't even know that there was these conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination until that movie was made. But okay. anyway, so I'm just going thumbs up. Yeah. Soul gunman, whatever. All right. Well, <laughs> Jim and I have go. actually stood in the spot where Lee Harvey Oswald Ooh. stood in the book depository. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. It's doable. You were there. Is it do it? Like, yeah, do you think doable. you can make it's that so shot? Much smaller. It's so much yeah. closer so than much you think. Smaller than you realize yeah. from Stone all the footage. Throw. Yeah. All right. Wow. Well, you might take that as a trip and write it off. Uh, question two. Would you rather be a professional baseball player or a professional actor? My gut instinct was baseball player for sure. But I think knowing that they play 162 games a season, I'd rather be an actor that only was in sports movies. So Ooh, I can wear well the uniform. Very well. Like, Good choice. Know, mess around, play catch. But most of my year, I'm just driving a nice car in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come, yep. on. Nice. Come on. I want to be JB Smooth. Yeah, I don't know maybe. if he's in sports movies, but I like his name. And I feel like, <laughs> feel like just the right We just watched No Way Home. Just the right level. We just watched No Way Home. And she nothing to do with this episode or that question, but she wants to be JB He's got that curve money. My gut instinct was baseball as well and i think it was because i immediately thought of actors that have kind of like <clears throat> lost their mind a bit <laughs> and I, I was like thinking about the the actor psyche of how it's your job to be essentially an imposter or just an impersonator mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. playing fake basically is your job but then i thought about like like we just or i just said the pressure situations of sports not even in being in the playoffs like just there's so many times yeah. in any regular season game that i would not be able to handle so i will be an actor <laughs> yeah. all right good choice uh, all right question three fill in the blind question if you made a sports film it would be about uh i was gonna say professional wrestling but the wrestler took care of that so i'll say professional wrestling in japan oh something i'm very interested I love in it. And i would love a really would you go back to the old mick foley days in japan would it be oh, a it, historical it would be, piece uh, what would you do it would probably be like a five or six hour movie about the entirety of uh the history, history of wrestling in japan <laughs> it would I be a ken it. burns doc actually that's <laughs> what i want fabulous nice. i think the easy answer for me would be well, the instinctual answer would be 2017 Eagles, but ah. my number one would be 2008 Phillies. Cause like, even though hockey is my favorite sport, I think I am attached most to the Phillies for my youth. Cause my dad and I, we used to have partial season tickets and we'd go to the games. We went to all the playoff games in the 93 season. That's mm -hmm. wild. It was awesome. Crazy. We actually were at the, um, Game six, 2008 game. If you remember that 
got snowed out in like mm-hmm. the sixth inning mm-hmm. and they didn't even play it the next day because it was still awful and snowing. So they had to play it the day, the day after that. I want to say it was like a Monday was the original game and they had to fucking continue it picking up in the sixth or seventh inning or whatever in this on the following Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I was at that initial uh, part of game six that eventually clinched the world series. So like, I do have this like attachment to my 2008 Phillies. Love it. Love that um, question for favorite question. What's your favorite Kevin Costner film? <sighs> Waterworld, baby. Whoa. <laughs> the, uh, That's a strong choice. Yeah. The Ulysses cut or regular cut, Mike? Oh, uh, whichever one I watched on Netflix. All right. <laughs> Does he drink pee in both of them? Yes. Yes. Then they're tied. (laughs) It's like his one censored by uh, Exxon (laughs) Mobil. Yes, I think so. That was the difference. Yeah. uh, Well, Keenan can explain the difference between the two to you. Mine would be Dances with Wolves and Mm. another part of my childhood and part of Holly Parker in me is I do, I do really appreciate history. And when I was in elementary school, like I was deep into um, like the manifest destiny part of American history, where we started like slaughtering fucking Indians across the country. Mm. And that movie really like hit home for me. Even when it was made, I watched it when it came out. And like, even as a youth, I was like, Yes, this rules. And as an adult, this movie rules. And then James Cameron stole the plot for Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, deep thoughts, questions. Uh, so many people talk about having dreams of being a professional athlete as a kid. What was your dream job as a kid? Do you wish you could do that if you're not doing it now? Truly, my dream job was being second baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies, taking over for Mariano Duncan when he handed the reins over to me personally, because we were also (laughs) friends. Uh, Do I wish I was still doing that? Yes. (laughs) I was, uh, I don't know. I never really had a childhood dream. I just wanted to hang out with my friends, play video games and just get through school. Uh, so I would say You've kind of done that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of live in the dream at one point. At one point though, like my cousin, Andy, he, they grew up in California and he was like an avid surfer and I watched him surf a couple times. I was like, I could do that for a living. So I'd say Damn. pro surfer and hell no, because have you seen the waves that yeah, like no. pro surfers have to take and they're getting, no, they're getting yeah, chased yeah, by yeah, sharks because yeah, yeah, sharks yeah, think yeah. they're yeah. turtles and shit? No way. Uh, no, thank. Take a pass on that. Uh, and that is five questions. All right, quickly, double feature. What film is everybody pairing with Bull Durham? Jim, what do you have? I'm going with Goon, which is a, a minor league hockey movie hell about yeah. someone kind of in a really unique situation where they're not brought onto the team to help them win just like crash crash is brought on to you know groom someone else and in goon he's brought on to obviously be the enforcer for this pretty boy hockey player um, and make sure no one hurts him and it's yeah. it is a good it's a really good movie i i think it's a it's a lot about like knowing your role on a team and and kind of leaning into it and um yeah i i really love that movie i really Love that movie too. Liev Schreiber. Mm-hmm. So Mike, what did you, he's a bad guy. 
My favorite him. movie of all time, The Rookie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Been, uh, what, this has been, been such like, a good time. That would have until been a now. Scooby Doo unveiling. You just pull it off. That's the rookie. <laughs> you darn I was, kids. I, don't know. I was I was having trouble because uh, Tim took my pick. Um, so I was going through everyone's filmography, and I couldn't really find one until I went through the director Ron Shelton's. Mm. And I think this would pair nicely with another lighthearted sports movie. White men can't yes. jump. Yes. Oh, 30th anniversary of White Man Can't Jump this year, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. You're right, 92. It's a fantastic movie. Fabulous. And I mean, I'm just looking at the poster right here. Wesley Snipes, Pex, give me a break. God damn. <laughs> That's uh, pre-jail for Wesley. Pre-jail. Um, Tim, what movie did you steal from Mike? So you stole... Uh, my movie, which I already previously mentioned, so I uh, thought of Major League, especially mm. because of the uh, the Hispanic player on the team oh, in Bull Durham with the fucking voodoo curse. Yeah, the, 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 the bone bat. cross. And then there's the curse on his glove, and that's like it just total. It's Serrano. It's it's yeah. Serrano. Yeah. Um, amongst other things, you know, Major League is is as the title suggests it's professional it's the actual majors it's not minor league but still it, i had a lot of similarities with that movie and then ted lasso stole that plot yes <laughs> totally <laughs> uh, it, it's it's an it's not stealing it's an homage no yeah. homage katie uh i would pair my other favorite baseball movie a league of their own i thought you were gonna Ooh, go dead fantastic. man walking baseball movie dead man walking (laughs) i'm gonna go with uh what tim brought up earlier slap shot which we will never do on this show because we will be canceled for just five (laughs) minutes of the jokes in that movie yeah um and that is double feature love that movie um mike and tim let's start with mike mike where can we find you give us some doom thugs plugs please Oh, sure. Follow me everywhere on the internet at Super Dino Mike. And please follow Doom Thugs. That's my podcast network, if you will. Uh, Tim has a show on there and uh, we put out fun stuff. We just put out our monthly flagship episode recently. Uh, It's just me and uh, three of my dear friends uh, just hanging out, having fun, forgetting about all the, uh, you know, more difficult parts of everyday life and just goofing off and uh, you can hang out with us. And it's a lot of fun. And I've just recently started streaming on Twitch again, mm-hmm. super dino Mike on Twitch. I'm trying to get my numbers up over there, having a lot of fun playing video games, cussing, drinking, and just, you know, being a rowdy type of guy. I also have a suggestion when we get to it. Uh, Tim, what's going on in the pop idol plan? Uh, a lot of the same. Uh, we're introducing a new style of episode. So we always do uh, top five episodes. We do topical episodes. We're just like pants optional. bullshit. Yeah. Pants optional. I'm That's not every week right now, actually. So little did you know, um, are you wearing a garter specials? belt? That yeah. is the rose and facing the right direction. <laughs> I was going to make some off color comment about like the girl that I threw on a table, but whatever. I, you know, no, it wasn't cat. Oh, no. <laughs> We're saving that for one of your episodes. The McDonald's, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Keenan wants to introduce a new, a new like Tim's pick movie special type episode. Cause like th- there's been many movies that I've gone and just seen by myself with 
uh, the, the, the movies had no hype. And then I went and saw them in theater and was blown away. And it kind of goes back to Ex Machina that got mm-hmm. us into A24 films. So these aren't all going to be A24 films, but we're going to cover Sorry to Bother You uh, coming up here. Obvious. Because that was one of those movies where I just went out there on a whim. I, I saw it got good ratings and was kind of blown away. Keenan will probably have other thoughts, but uh, tune in and listen. We're on the Facebook. We're on Instagram. That's where Keenan handles those. I'm on Twitter at pop adult. And uh, yeah, you can find us on all your things. You find podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so happy. It only took 400 episodes for Keenan to let you pick a movie that you actually <laughs> wanted to see. I thought you guys were just going to do Iron Man three for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, but this is the eighth <laughs> anniversary of our first time doing Iron Man. Right. Uh, anybody have a recommendation quickly before we go, something they're watching or a suggestion that's something they want to share. Did y'all see drive my car yet? No, no, no. What I heard you say is your favorite movie. Max. I love it. I've watched it three times. I'm probably going to watch it again soon. I love it so much. All right. I just want to say quickly, thank you so much for having me on this show. Uh, I was so excited all week to to know I was doing this and uh, I'll come back anytime. They talked about on pop adult hell. You, you were a little myth that they have Harrison on. So we've made a decision that we will never have Harrison on this podcast. <laughs> it's only you. All wow. right. I, love I was going to say Crash tells Nuke that God gave him a gift with a thunderbolt for an arm. I think God gave the two of you a gift of a thunderbolt for a voice, and I would listen uh, anytime. Yeah, Timmy and Mike are you give good favorite voices. I was very shit. excited for tonight. We're that balding uh, guy that you. they cut at the beginning of the movie. Our Who, voices. Yeah. From Sometimes voices. I don't show he's up the, when they the have guests on, but I was not missing tonight. <laughs> she wasn't uh, missing uh, this one. Oh, I love that. Keenan, Keenan's voice. When Keenan's on, he's like, "I'm out." To be clear, that's the only guest she's ever said. No comment. Well, thank you guys. Uh, this is the final episode in the original comedy Boston Studios, as well as I am moving. So we'll be taking a very brief hiatus uh, till I Rats figure brother. out how to, to wire the new house to actually record a podcast. Great you know, episode right to there, end it on. Yeah, fabulous episode. And All right. We'll see everybody soon. Thanks Bye. for joining Bye. us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.